comes the bride, all dressed in. Why do we do half the things we still do at weddings? And who's gonna write all those checks? It's my wedding industrial complex. Bride Wars, Leap Year, Movies, McGee. Uh, you know the only wedding movie that I actually really like is My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yeah, that's good. That's fair. And it's like, it's still not even like he doesn't do a whole lot of the wedding planning. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things about wedding movies is that the grooms never do anything. They don't. They're kind of set dressing. It's like bridesmaids are not even around. Not really. Except in the movie, bridesmaids. Tim and Eric. What? She's getting married to Tim of Tim and Eric. Who? My, not Maya, Maya Rudolph. I almost always call Maya Rudolph Maya Angelou. <laughs> she does do a great Maya she Angelou does do a great impression. Maya Angelou. And no, I don't Wait, think in, so. Yeah, he's a guy in I have to, in okay, I need to look it up now. He don't, he don't speak much. I genuinely have no memory of who her, her husband was I'm in that movie. I'm pretty sure it's Tim of Tim and Eric. We'll find out. Or also, Eric. that movie I'm is not sure seven years old. Aw. Time is weird. Oh, yeah. I forgot Terry Crews is in it, too, for a minute. Because he's like the guy teaching stuff out on the lawn. And they're trying to get a free workout class. Mm -hmm. That's a good movie. See, Bridesmaids is a very good movie, but it is still not about the bride and groom together. Yeah. But it is at least one movie about, like, friends. It's true. Which is a really important good thing. Oh, my God. You are right. I told you. What's his name? Tim Heidecker. Thank you. Wow. It's awkward because I can't imagine anybody. I mean, I'm sure he's got like a lovely personality in real life, but, but I only think of him from Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. Well, and I can't. it's a very indelible stamp to put on oneself. Yeah. You kind of create a persona for yourself that seems like you should only be married to a gif of a kitten on a piece of rainbow toast. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to my wedding industrial complex, the podcast about weddings for people who are afraid of weddings. Uh, you're Liz. And you're Tegan. Uh, and this is an extra special bonus, bonus episode. Bonus, 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 Episode, episode, episode. <laughs> um, this one, we're talking about a couple of wedding films that we have watched recently. This is sort of a weird, unofficial crossover with our other podcast that if you are not getting married, you might like it. Right. Well, also, you might like it if you are getting married. Sometimes it's no, nice to No, as a break. soon as you get engaged, you can no longer hear it. It's like one of those, like, <laughs> youth I'm, disbursement alarms. I'm having a lot of trouble recording it. <laughs> I just... They, our later episodes sound a lot like me like you know that thing when you like have a loud noise go off near you and like you can't hear your own voice anymore right so it's you're like just that. sort of shouting into the void into the direction you think maybe something came at you from yeah i'm making a lot of loud hollow noises but yeah one day when i'm married again <laughs> again <laughs> i mean after like, your second when divorce I, when i'm no longer in the engagement period maybe i'll be able to hear it once more well, who knows we'll see we haven't talked to any married people about our podcast so uh, my mother my mother can hear it. Okay. Interesting. But she didn't, in fairness, she did not listen to it while she was engaged, and she didn't listen to it before she was a mother. So, so science is still out. Your mileage may vary. 
Anyway, this episode. But that podcast is called So You Don't Have oh, yeah. To. And it's where we watch bad movies on purpose and uh, talk so, about them so loudly. So you don't have to pay so money. So you don't have to do it. Uh, we do it for you. So, yeah, we've been doing sort of a weird crossover, like, wedding edition of So You Don't Have To. Which is a, it's also a bonus because usually on So You Don't Have To, we only talk about one movie flim. But in this particular episode, we're talking about two movie flims. Two whole flims. <laughs> Two entire flims. Thank you for going along with that with me. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, one of my favorite things when I was once learning an Irish accent for a play many years ago, uh, we had to say the word film a lot. And we learned that in this particular Irish dialect, in this particular part of Ireland, uh, and in many parts of Ireland, but particularly this one, um, you actually say film. Film? Film. Like there's another I between the L and the M. And I think that's just delightful. That is delightful. My grandmother was not a British woman, but she said both aluminium and batteries. Really? Yeah. You gotta huh. put batteries in the toy to get it to work and wrap up the leftovers with aluminium. That's so weird. Yeah. All right, grandma. All right, grandma. Whatever you say. Miss you, Grammy. Um... So for this, this podcast, we watched, okay, we started off by watching, um, an episode, an episode, no, a movie, a, a movie. This is an episode about a movie. <laughs> oh, uh, as a quick, a quick mwick update, I'm quick trying mwick. To, a quick mwick, mwick. I'm trying to make the like podcast acronym happen, but I don't think it's a good enough sound. Like, like, uh, stuff mom never told you has got sminty. Oh yeah. Which is so good. But That's good. ours is mwick. And yeah, it sounds like it's hard to say. It sounds like if you flung a piece of steak, raw steak at a window, wick. <laughs> I think on one of our earlier episodes, I described it as uh, the sound effect that you would get if you poked a little jelly monster. Wick. Anyway, so that for sound, all those small jelly monsters that you encounter you in your day to day, think of us fondly when you're dungeon crawling. <laughs> um, but um, uh, no. So so quick update on the Mwick side of things. Uh, I, if you re- recall correctly, we did an episode about dress finding and dress hunting, and uh, we did it. We did it. We had the it whole happened. weekend. It happened. The in laws met the other in laws, and everybody likes each other very much. And we. I ordered a ton of dresses on the internet, brought them to my house in giant catering bags from my work where we I had got them sent. Lots of snacks. We had so many snacks. I personally ate, I think, four Rice Krispie treats. I think that I devoured a forest of broccoli. Yeah. Um, and also my weight in Rice Krispie treats and cookies. Well, what else are you going to do? Uh, fit into a wedding dress, which definitely did happen. Yeah. I found one. You did. It's great. It's beautiful. It doesn't need any alterations. I have to fix a hole that I poked in it. Well. But otherwise, I can sew, so it'll be fine. I'll yeah. do it myself. Um, it's great. It cost me not very much money. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful dress, and it was a beautiful day. <laughs> and we all I felt cried. good about it. We all cried a lot, and Everyone it was Everyone cried fine. a lot, and it was great. We all drank champagne. Um, we finished doing the dress shopping bit kind of. Quickly, all things considered. Yeah, it didn't take very long. No. It was like a 45-minute process. Yeah, because I only had five dresses to try on. So we all decided to watch a wedding-related movie. And since Tegan and I had been talking about Leap Day, Leap Day? Leap, leap Year. year. Uh, we decided to watch that movie, Flim. So we so watched... Speaking of Irish accents. Speaking of Ireland, um, we watched Leap Year. Leap Year. Um, which is a movie about an uptight career woman who learns how to love 
in the Irish countryside. By letting her luggage get muddy. Yeah. I, you know, okay. So I feel like that's how I begin most sentences when I'm podcasting is, yeah, so, okay. you know, okay. <laughs> or, okay, so. The thing is, <laughs> we're going to make like a Tegan keyboard that everybody can just like, <laughs> so you can just do the podcast, podcast without me. Yeah. yeah. Everyone can just make their own, make their own Tegan. Uh, I'm the mobile <laughs> co-host. So Aww. coast to coast, space ghost, coast, coast to coast. coast. I'm Brack. <laughs> I miss Brack. Go on. So, so as I was saying, <laughs> Leap Year is a movie in which Amy Adams is engaged to Adam Scott, who oh, is yeah. a wealthy douchebag. This is back before Adam Scott started playing sensitive douchebags. Yeah, this was pre-Parks and Rec. This movie came out in 2007. Was it no, that late? later than that. Mm. I don't have my phone in front of me. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna Google it. You do, tell do, everyone do, the plot do, of this movie. Do, do, do. Okay, so Amy Adams is a uptight career woman. You can tell because she wears her hair in a bun and also wears high heels everywhere she goes. And also is introduced in the very first scene saying, don't worry, I've got everything under control. Oh, yes. Talking about a specific incident, but you're like, ah, that is your thesis statement for this character. Yes. I understand. And then we see her at a bar and she like wipes the table down. Before she drinks something. 2010. Whoa, that's so late. That's too recent for my comfort. Fudge. Okay. So she is dating Adam Scott, and they are both realtors? No, he has some stupid rich boy job, and she, I mean, he's like a, he's like a finance bro or something. Oh, and I thought that, yeah, okay. She is a uh, a house stager. I think that he works in realty, but not like on a selling places kind of way and like a big he, brokering deals of buildings kind yeah, of way. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, she stages houses uh, and apparently makes thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm going to tell it. you what, that is not that lucrative of a career <laughs> as far as I'm aware. It seems like a fun career. Yeah, it seems super fun. I have a friend who does it. Oh, cool. Um, but she is not making enough money to buy a big old condo in New York City. I'll no. tell you that much. Uh, no, no one is. Is that New York City or is that? No. It's it was like New Boston York. or something, right? Is it? I thought it was New York. I also thought it was New York. And then I feel like they told us at the end that it was not New York. And I was like, oh, that's like, not oh, well, necessary. Who you cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's a build- It's a place you're in for a literal half of a minute. Right. So. It does not matter. Um, it's an expensive place. It's an expensive place. But Adam Scott and Amy Adams are trying to close some sort of fancy deal on something. And she... Well, they're trying to get approved to buy this big oh, condo. Oh, that's right. They're, gonna tr- they're trying to get in with the condo association to buy a condo together to live to live there. Right, but happily with themselves with and themselves each other and together, and they are because they are a couple. And they, they are a love couple, each other. and they love each other theoretically. Theoretically, and basically, it is that rom com trope of when is he going to propose? Yes, and oh my god, is he going to propose? Oh my god, I found a ring box in his coat, and he wasn't expecting me to find it. But oh my god, I'm going to get engaged. Oh my god, I can't <sighs> possibly just talk to my partner about my feelings of maybe we should get married. Would you like to get married? Yeah, get ready for part two of this podcast. Oh my god, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> separate thing. So there's that, and then she... Why does he go to Ireland? He goes to Ireland for something. He goes to Ireland for some conference. He's a doctor. Is he a doctor? He's not a doctor. It's a medical conference that he goes to. Maybe I remember that much. Is okay, so I think I thought he was like a high-powered like realty guy because of the whole condo association thing. Right. I but that's not why. I think he's a doctor. He might be a doctor. I think he's like a surgeon. He's a very wealthy man. Yeah. He makes a lot of fucking money. to a very wealthy man conference. Right. So and we, she's like, I'll meet you there. She says that she'll meet him there, but it's because 
She thought he was going to propose one night and then he didn't. He, cause he had, he this, gave her earrings. Yes. He had this, it was a classic bait and switch. He had this jewelry box and she thought, Oh my God, it's an engagement ring. And then it wasn't, it was nice diamond earrings. And then she was so disappointed. And then she was like, you know what? Here's the thing. Apparently in Irish tradition on the leap day in February, if it is a leap year and you are in the nation of Ireland, a woman is allowed to propose to a man. But only then. Only then and any other time you'll be struck down by lightning. And if it is a full moon on that leap day, you better not, otherwise you'll die. And all your livestock will go with you. And your, your body will be thrown to the sea. It'll be eaten by sharks. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> They're geriatric sharks. And they'll all bring every woman in town around to watch you be devoured. <laughs> Lest they learn this lesson themselves. So there's a lot of like tradition and superstition talked about in this movie, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Except that it's stupid because just propose to your boyfriend if you really want to get married right. to Right. Like that's that's the thing, is that in the year of our Lord 2010. Which is when this movie is. Which is when this movie came out. It is not like the whole premise of this movie shouldn't exist. You know, because there's no reason for her to be like, I can only propose to my boyfriend in Ireland on this one day of the year. They should have like really gone with it and made it like this magical premise where like. Right. Where like literally you can't because of witches. Yeah. (laughs) Just go full hog for it if you're going to go for it. The Blarney Stone will burst into flames. Exactly. (laughs) Or something. But so they didn't do that. And so yada, yada, yada. She goes there through a series of mishaps because as you may or may not understand, by, based on the fact that she is a high-powered career woman, she is also incredibly clumsy. She's super inept at living a life. Right, like, falls over all the time, knocks things over constantly, causes massive destruction in at her wake point, at all times. Okay, so let's skip ahead to, she winds up with a, a large amount of trouble getting to Ireland. There's, like, plane delays and flight delays, and she finally charters a ship, and they kick her off the ship, seemingly not at a dock, just on the beach. Yeah, they just throw her off, which seems illegal. Did they throw her to the sea and she had to swim, or did they put her in a They made her walk the plank. They made her walk the plank. Uh, We were in and out for this movie because there were so many snacks. You know, there was a lot of other more important things going on. But she gets to this tiny town, and she asks to see the... uh, She wants to talk to a cab driver to drive her to Dublin, which is where Adam Scott is waiting for her. Right. And it turns out the only cab driver in town is also the man who owns the bar, and he is a surly young man with Who happens to be devastatingly attractive. Only if you're really into, like, an older-looking Freddie Highmore. (laughs) Oh, no. Did I ruin Matthew Good? You ruined Matthew Good for me. (laughs) Oh, Liz. Oh, no. Liz, I had so many feelings about Matthew Good that now feel weird. Put your feelings elsewhere, Tegan. He's crap. (laughs) How dare you? He looks like the good doctor. But it would be the good doctor with an E. The good, good doctor. The good doctor. The good doctor. The good doctor. Anyway, so it's... When you put an E on the end of a thing, it made the vowels in it liquid, so it was the the good doctor. Good. Or just the goody doctor, like he's in, <laughs> like he's in, like he's in Salem. The crucible. <laughs> goody doctor. Goody doctor. Anyway. Goody nurse. <laughs> Literally goody nurse. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble with that play when I was younger. I'm like, goody nurse? Goody what? I what? thought I understood what this was about. <laughs> and now I, I don't think I do. Uh, so Matthew Good. I saw Goody Putnam with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> More weight. <laughs> 
that's how I felt watching this movie. I Whoa, wanted to right. someone. I wanted someone to crush me with stones. Please. So they, of she, course, hate each other. Surliness. They hate each other, and so of course they're gonna fall in love. And Which, uh, <sighs> we can sum the whole movie up right there. They fall in love, of course, but. She literally knocks the power out for a whole town when she, he, she stays the night in the bar's like one in room, which is like covered in old furniture. And there's an ancient plug underneath the bed that she has to like pull the bed out to reach. And when she pulls the bed out, she like puts the plug in the outlet and it bursts into flames and then it knocks her back and she knocks into something else and it knocks and over it's an a armoire. Whole, it's a Rube Goldberg machine of destruction. And it takes the power out for the entire town. And then the next day or that night, he's like, I'll charge you 300 euro to drive you to Dublin and it's an, another hundred for what you just did to the, the, to the room. Town. And I'm like... Oh, Boy, she ruined the room. That is way you're underselling the damage that you have. Unless the incurred. exchange rate was amazing, then uh, <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like not. No, like he should just kick her out. He should and her charge out. her a lot more money and than a that. A lot more money. Um, but he decides to take her to Dublin in his own car. He takes her, and of course, it is a series of mishaps and them pretending that they're not falling in love and her literally falling down hills in the mud. Yep. And Constantly covered. And anytime she's wearing a nice outfit, it is inevitably going to get covered in cow poop. Right. Because we need to take her down a peg, you know? Yeah. What about this uppity woman thinking that she can fucking have a career? I honestly don't know what it was trying to... I think they were trying to portray Matthew Good as this sort of, like, manic pixie dream boy, like, teaching an uptight woman how to live, but he just he's just his mean. Arms inside a lot. He's just mean to her. They were both her. mean to each other. They were both terrible people who clearly would not be happy together, and I don't know. It just... The thing that bugs me deeply about many rom-coms is this that... This one thing. This The only thing that bothers me about <laughs> rom-coms... <laughs> is uh, this is sort of like how in every episode I say, this is the one thing you need to about know about weddings. weddings. But so the one thing that really bothers me about rom-coms is just that like when you've got this sort of back and forth of will they, won't they, do they hate each other, do they love each other, this sort of magnets bouncing off each other and then being attracted to each other, <laughs> it's, they always portray that not as cute banter, not like a whole Beatrice and Benedict kind of situation, yeah. but as just them being genuinely terrible to one another. Yeah, they're another. just jerks. Like, I don't feel, I wouldn't, if I were her, I would not feel safe around him. No. Because he's constantly, like, he'll show up for her when, like, those thug dudes, not thugs, like, what would you call gang, like, weird spindly gang guys. Yeah, the, like, I don't know, mobst Irish, Irish mobsters, mobsters, I guess. They, like, steal her shit. And she finds them again in a bar and tries to get it back. And she's like, okay, guys, give it back now. And they're like, we're going we're gonna to beat you up with our spindly arms. <laughs> and then Matthew Good's like, all right, be on your way. And he's got as good of an accent as I do. Yeah, no one in this movie is actually Irish. And, uh, I'm pretty sure they filmed it in, like, Encino. Right, and, <laughs> and they all just have these, like, terrible Blarney accents. Mm -hmm. And it's really quite silly. But, but like, otherwise, he is genuinely mean to her. And she's totally mean to him back. They belittle each other's careers. They belittle each other's, like, priorities. Right. And it's just, you don't really understand, other than, like, their faces, you don't really understand what would be attractive about that person to the other person. Or why we're supposed to think they're the heroes of a story. Right. 
That's okay. And that is a thing that I think can segue into the other movie that we watched. Oh, I do want to say really quickly that this movie ends with her. Uh, she decides. Oh my God. Well, so it turns out that Adam Scott only proposes to her. And he just proposed to her in the end. He only proposes to her because the condo association wasn't going to let them have the condo if they weren't married because they're uptight. And he really wanted the condo. So he got engaged to her. And, and she was like, that's not chill. that information to her as though it's no big deal. At a party. Of everyone. Surrounded by all their friends just to be like, oh yeah, totally. You know, of course. It'll, MBD. So it'll be fine. We'll you know, get married. practicalities. And I'm like, okay, great. Very romantic of you. So she decides to fly back to Ireland. She shows up at his restaurant. And the, you can tell she has changed because she is wearing a sundress instead of a hair skirt is suit. down. <laughs> and she, uh, so in the meantime, Matthew Good is like met up with his ex-wife for a half of a minute for no reason. For one drink. And then they never mention it again. Ever. And, and she just is gone, I guess. Gets a lot of money from the town to open or maintain a restaurant that he'd been trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant is going and he's like cooking and stuff and someone comes back and goes hey they want to speak to the chef they think the food is shitty or something because they had a whole bit it's a callback to an earlier bit where they're like making chicken together and it's oh whatever. they make chicken from scratch like they kill it yeah like they kill a chicken and then make it's a chicken a rough and it's movie it's there's a lot going on um but she, he comes out and he's like why are you mad about the food and she's like I flew all this way. You should be nice to me. And he's, we're all like, you flew all this way just so you could sit in his restaurant and tell him his food is shitty. <laughs> and you have not said a single nice thing to him since you got here or really ever, if ever. we're being frank. And then she's like, let's just, let's just, uh, like, I don't want any commitments. Let's just take a chance on each other and, like, see how this goes. And he's like, I don't want to be with you if there's no commitments. But he doesn't tell her that. No, he doesn't he say that. He just walks away. He stares at her for 25 to 40 seconds. And Tegan, then walks Tegan away. Timed it, but then she closed the timer. So <laughs> I have an impeccable internal clock. <laughs> Twenty-five to forty seconds, <laughs> give or take a minute or two. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just away. leaves. He leaves the room and then without she saying goes a word to the edge of the cliffs and ponders throwing herself in. I guess right. And he shows up and is like, "Wait, why did you run away?" And she was like, "You fucking left." And he was like, "I didn't say no." And it's like, "Well, you, you didn't, didn't say, say yes. <laughs> you said silence and then goodbye." You left. But it turns out he was just gonna go get something, I guess, and he wants to marry her. The thing that he like, was getting was an engagement ring. Oh, I see. He didn't want to. He didn't want no strings attached. He wanted to go all the way for it. Which why? What They're terrible to each other and no one likes you. And also, they were not in contact when she was out of the country. He for had like a year. He had no expect. It literally was a year. He had no expectation she was gonna come back. Why would she come back? He wasn't trying to go meet her over there. Nope. What did they think was gonna happen? Nope. Dumb movie. Was he just like prepared for that? Like in case, just be like, I'm going to base my whole life around the fact that like, maybe she'll come visit me one day. The only funny part of this movie were the two old men who kept saying about like what things were superstitions. Oh yeah. The Statler and Waldorf of Ireland. Yeah. But they didn't really do anything. No, they were just there. They were just there. They weren't even like, they weren't even like funny enough. This was a movie that was based on a whole lot of, like, sexist garbage. (sighs) Welcome to To what we yell about on this podcast. Welcome to that, and welcome to what we yell about on So You Don't Have To. So if you like that, 
Get buckled in. Yeah, we're doing it. We yell a lot about sex is garbage. But yeah, this is just all, the concept of this movie is based on, oh, well, I, a lady, couldn't possibly ask my partner to marry me. That would be nonsense. And in the end, she never does. Right, that's the whole conceit of the movie is that like she's going on this trip so that she can propose to Adam Scott. She doesn't propose to Adam Scott. He proposes to her. And then she she doesn't doesn't propose to Matthew Matthew Good. He proposes to her. So like what? Is even this movie was the like point. oh haha what a funny conceit that a woman would be allowed to propose, like I don't understand why they would bother. No, I know the whole movie. You're like, why did they bother? Why did you bother? Why'd why you did bother? you bother going to Ireland? He's just gonna be back in New York in like ten days, right? Why did you bother? Why did you do it? It's expensive. It's expensive, and your clothing is ruined, and you have a Louis Vuitton luggage thing to make a big point out of. Yeah, I. Louis Vuitton is like was not even fashionable anymore still in 2010. Let's be real. Apparently they make very good luggage. <sighs> Who's to say? Who's to say? I don't have that kind of money. Who does? Who's got that kind of money? That leads Amy us Adams. R- Amy Adams. But that does lead us right into uh, the next movie that we'd like to talk about that we uh, just watched today. We just watched it mere hours ago and I still feel like my insides are covered in chalk. <laughs> I took some Tums, so it literally is like that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we watched, to follow up a podcast about, or a a movie about proposing, we watched Bride Wars, a movie about everything after that. (laughs) But also about that, and also about... Not about love. No, it's not about love. It's about (sighs) being terrible to your friends and how the patriarchy makes (sighs) us all monsters. So Casey Wilson and what's-her-face... June Diane Raphael... Wrote this movie... With a man. With a man. And my thought about it is that they wrote the parts of it that are good. Yes. And then the studio and the man were like, oh, yeah, but they need to, like, be worse to each other. Yeah. So uh, from what I understand, the two of them wrote it as, like, the very first movie that they'd ever written. And they wrote it uh, for the studio that was like, we want movies about weddings. What do you got? And they were like, okay. okay. And so they wrote this movie. It's starring Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway. It when do we determine this was 2009? This was, yes, I think. Yeah, 2009. And it was called Bride Wars. Bride Wars. And it is about these two girls, and they are best friends and have been since childhood. And for some reason, they attended a wedding at the Plaza Hotel. No, in- no, no. They didn't even attend the wedding. They were there for something else. Oh. And there was a wedding next door that they like peeked in at. They snuck into a wedding. They wedding crashed a wedding. They wedding crashed as like six year olds. And it was the greatest thing that had ever happened to either of them. It was so beautiful. And a pin fell out of the bride's hair and they kept it forever. Right. And then they like their whole lives were subsequently constructed around the idea of getting married in June at the Plaza Hotel, which, all right, get another dream. Could you have imagined if this movie was about, they were like both six years old and they opened up a door at the Plaza Hotel and there was like a botany conference. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, and they like took home a Ooh. like dried rose petal and they were like, I'm going to be a botanist. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Right. Tiny botanists. Botanist wars. <laughs> um, but so they both dreamed of having a wedding in June at the Plaza Hotel. And they're best friends and have been since that day. Yes. And, Kate Hudson is a terrible person. She's I'm a, sure she's fine. But but her character is terrible and very rich because she's a lawyer. And <laughs> she does a lot of like fake lawyering about being like, look at the briefs and the deposition. And I think in litigation, 
and then just smiles. smiles like I know very much what I'm she, doing. She gives piercing stares at people and crosses her arms and suddenly everyone's like, yes, absolutely. She should be my lawyer. But also it's hard to watch her make eye contact with people in this movie because her bangs are so long that they cover half of her eyes. When she blinks, her bangs move into her eyes. It's unpleasant and it weirds me out and it makes me feel weird things about my own eyeballs that I don't want to feel. Yeah, really, there could be hair touching it at any time. Uh, I don't um, like it. I don't like it either. But, and then Anne Hathaway on the other side of things is a school teacher who somehow has an apartment in New York with Chris Pratt, even though it doesn't look like she teaches in New York. I have no idea. She might teach in Jersey or something. I don't sure. know. But she's a middle school teacher and she's like sort of lower class, like socioeconomically, I guess. Yes. And, and she gets pushed around by her coworker who seems to be the only other teacher in the entire school. Yeah. They never show her interacting with any other teachers, no but there's other a one teacher adults in this played school. by uh, Kristen, Kristen Johnston yes. from third rock from the sun. My favorite character. She was great on third rock from the sun. She is weird in this. Yeah. It's a weird movie. Um, but so basically Anne Hathaway is kind of a doormat and Kate Hudson is kind of overbearing and they're best friends for some reason. And they both get engaged around the same time. Well, they don't. Right. Okay. You tell So talk okay. to me about this. So what happens is, Kate Hudson knows that Anne Hathaway can't afford nice things. So they go over to Kate Hudson's house and they're like, Oh, let's see what kind of like uh hand-me-downs I can give you. And she like gives Anne Hathaway this like expensive shirt that Anne Hathaway had been eyeing and had, she just like bought it for her and she's being nice. Right. That was kind of cute. That was a sweet thing. That was a sweet thing. And they were like, okay, well what sort of stuff would your husband, your uh, boyfriend like my, my boyfriend's not wearing these old shirts. And she like pulls down a sweatshirt and this blue box falls down that is about ring sized and, and it's it from is Tiffany's. Tiffany's. And they're like, ah, ah, ah. and then they start ah. screaming, and Kate Hudson just goes and tells everyone she knows that, that she's, she's engaged, engaged, which she is not premature. And also, that's the kind of thing that when something like that happens in a movie, it is so uncomfortable because you know that they would only do that if something was about to go wrong. Yes. Uh, inevitably, it will mean that someone will wind up getting a pair of earrings and crying a little right. bit like something Amy Adams in Leap Year. Surprise. These so. two movies are related <laughs> in the way that they think about, about women's women. priorities. Surprise. But so she puts the box back because Anne Hathaway tells her that she should like wait for her fiance, future fiance to see her face when he shows her the ring. Which right. Is, which that's fine. That's nice. That's very Leave nice. Leave it as a surprise. Sure. Uh, but they do have an engagement party. And uh, that night after the engagement party, Chris Pratt, who is Anne Hathaway's boyfriend, proposes to her. Yeah, and surprise out of nowhere. So sweet. He seems so he nice. He says, like, if if the only thing we ever do is the same thing we're doing right now, just sitting and eating Chinese food together and watching TV till the day that we die, that would be enough for me. I love you so much. And I'm Which like, is like that's so such sweet. a sweet thing. That's a really sweet thing. What a nice thing, thing to say. Um, and also that gave me a whole lot less anxiety because they were just like, he proposed to her in their house. He stuck in a ring quiet. in a fortune cookie and it was cute. It was cute. It was I supported cute. that. So that was really nice. And then, but Kate Hudson is like a little bit She calls weird. Kate Hudson about it. And Kate Hudson is like, what the fuck? You just got engaged. Well, I need to get engaged. I should be engaged. Technically, I was engaged Technically, first. I'm engaged first. Uh, and they tell all their friends about it. And it seems like it makes all of their friends suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, all of their friends are like, oh, that's great. You're both engaged. And then they reach for pills or ice cream. Yeah. It's very weird. I don't understand. And so the other thing is that June Diane Raphael is in this movie also, and she plays a friend of theirs who they like catch they the bouquet the at her wedding in the very beginning. And she 
is the first person we see getting married. And then all the subsequent scenes of her are just her being miserable, miserable. being married to her husband. Like it's suddenly a total switch up who her husband is. Right. She's just like repackaging wedding gifts and saying that she's going to give them to Anne Hathaway or whatever. And she looks over at her sleeping husband and she goes like, you disappoint me. Yeah. And like, in, in our view, they've been married for like two, two days. days. <laughs> But she's already like, I hate you I hate so you much. So you much. disgust me. You're just like the worst man I've okay, ever met. Great. You disappoint me. <laughs> and like, I wonder if this movie is trying to say something covert about how much ex- expectation we put on weddings. And then we forget to like take care of the marriage that follows. We have a whole episode coming up later on about that. That w- we'll get to that. Cause that's a whole <laughs> lot of, of shit, shit to, to unpack. unpack. Gonna unpack, unpack it slowly. Slow. Like coming back from a transcontinental trip. So it ties right back into leap year. Beautiful. I was trying to keep up with you, but you went in an you interesting did great. direction. We did like a cool little Garth and Cat thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was very clearly Cat. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Kate Hudson gets so upset that she is not engaged that she runs to her boyfriend's office is so sweaty, just like the sweatiest lady. And basically demands that she he proposed to her. Don't you want to get married? Don't you want to get married to me? Do you want to get married? And I was like, oh, is she going to propose to him? This is great. And she's like, not. She's just demanding he propose to her. And so he's like, okay, I guess. If you could have just waited until tonight, I was going to do it. But I guess that wouldn't be like you, my beautiful bride. And it's like, okay. like, like I, It's cool that he like supports her whole deal and but understands her and like gets what kind of person she is but also she's a terrible yeah, person I guess there's someone for everyone regardless of how garbage you are I guess and so then basically what happens is they go to this famous wedding planner played by Candace Bergen who Which, also narrates the movie for, for reasons reason. that are not made clear she should be in better things yeah she's too good for she this. was Murphy Brown she's Murphy fucking Brown she deserves better Murphy so they do that. They go to her and she basically says there are two, there are three open slots, open wedding Crown slots Plaza in at June. the Plaza in June. And one of them is like at the beginning of the month and one's at the end. And they each pick one of those two. Great. Great. Everything's good. Also good. I, Hand Hathaway gets bullied a little bit into picking the later date. But it's, it's because it's not even really bullying. It's just that Kate Hudson is like, oh, my parents and like my parents' wedding anniversary and her parents are dead, by the way. Oh, right. Um, she's like, my parents' wedding anniversary was on the 6th. That would be so nice for me to also get married on that day. Oh, and, that's and, sweet. That's nice. And Anne Hathaway's like, totally. I'll take the one at the end of the month. It's fine. Everything's good. And so they decide to do that. And as soon as it happens, you know something is going to, to go, go wrong. There's going to be a mishap. And the mishap is the assistant books the wrong dates and puts Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson on the same date, the 6th. Bum, 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 bum. And the woman who has the 27th or whatever is not switching. She refuses to do it. She's already registering for gifts lackadaisically at some sort of Macy's by herself, just registering for every shiny thing. Because as we will learn in this movie, grooms are irrelevant. They super are. And they seem happy with that. They're yeah. like, what do women be upset about? I don't understand. They seem fine. Uh, so then this movie just escalates into an hour of Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway throwing away their 20 year friendship because they're sniping at each other because they have the same wedding date and neither one of them will change and neither one of them will change it because they both are so attached to this dream. And so they're just, they sabotage one another's lives in increasingly elaborate ways. God, it starts because 
They agree that until they figure out the whole date thing, neither of them will make concrete plans. And then Anne Hathaway hears that Kate Hudson has is shopping for save the dates. Right. And she was going to give in and switch dates and or go to a different venue or something. Right. But now she's mad. But now she's mad because that's not what they'd agreed on. So she emails this super horrible, uh, totally unspell-checked save the date in a weird non-formatted email that just is like, me and Game married on six, and then that's it. And that's the end of it. And then they just, uh, so everybody's like, okay, like I guess you sent guess. save the dates now. That's like what you did. Yep. And they're bad. They're not good saves. So remember good. last episode we talked about how you could send whatever save the date you want? Maybe spell check it. You don't send that one. Don't send like a hasty, drunk-looking email to everyone you know uh, that's clearly done in a panic or some sort of mental breakdown. Yes. But so the thing that I have issue with in this movie. I have several. I have several. But my big one is the big crux of the movie, which is that it's about how weddings are so important and weddings for women being perfect in every possible way are so important that you can and perhaps should jettison your most important friendships in order to preserve that sense of wedding superiority. And the only reason that they get back together in the end as friends is because Chris Pratt turns out to be shitty. Yeah, Chris Pratt turns out to be kind of an asshole, and so Anne Hathaway doesn't end up marrying him. Nope. And then they make up, and they're fine, and then Anne Hathaway ends up getting married to Kate Hudson's brother. Which you could see coming from a mile away because he was hot. Right, you know. But, and so they have a few scenes toward the end where they both separately are sort of lamenting to their individual fiancés, like, I've made a mistake, I've been too focused on this thing, and I've ruined my friendship, and I feel like an asshole. And, like, those scenes were very clearly written by By women women. (laughs) because they were incredibly thoughtful about, like, I have put too much pressure on myself as a woman and I sometimes don't know how to interact with the world because I am only operating trying to be perfect and that it's impossible to hit that standard. And I am only operating on the assumption of what other people are going to think about me. And I'm trying to be all things at once. Those scenes were actually pretty smart and moving. Would love a movie about that. Right. But they, they did not, jive with the whole rest of everything that was happening no and there was stuff about like you can't get fat for your wedding day which was just accepted at face value as like a you better not because you won't fit into a Vera Wang dress yeah there was a whole subplot where where Anne Hathaway like basically Regina George's Kate Hudson and just like feeds her snacks so that she can't fit into her wedding dress and they keep making veiled like keep making hints that like Kate Hudson used to be heavy set right and that that's something for her to be ashamed of and never speak of again and and you can't get married if you are overweight (laughs) and uh, you have to get spray tanned and you have to get your hair dyed and like these things are taken as givens exactly you must do and like and so it's because of that like because of the ways in which they sabotage each other you're supposed to sort of you know because one of the things is like Anne Hathaway switches Kate Hudson's hair dye for her highlights and so now her hair is blue and you know or and Kate Hudson gets too fat to fit in her wedding dress and like all of this stuff that you're supposed to take as like oh my God, what a terrible betrayal. And the reason you're able to take that at face value is because you are supposed to accept and understand that those things are not an acceptable thing for a bride to be 
or to have or, or to, to look like or, or to do. Yes. And so it's because of all of, because the social norms are what they are, that is why the conceit of the movie works. Right. Or th- well, thinks a, that it works. There's like a whole speech about like, uh, she, Anne Hathaway gets proposed to and she calls Kate Hudson and yeah. like, uh, it, Kate Hudson starts running down the list of what the ring should be like instead of asking her if she's excited or like what the wedding, like, Exactly. Anything like that. And then the next day, Anne Hathaway's got like all these things scheduled with like DJs and whatever. And like it is the most important day of their lives. Kate Hudson buys a treadmill to put it in her office so that she stays thin for her wedding day. And it's all this stuff about like the things you go out of your way to do. Anne Hathaway has been saving for this since she was six years old to like get married Which, this way. Good God. Which I imagine would mean get a four hundred one k a house, you know, right? Like, there are so many more important things that you can do with your life, and like, it just it made me bummed out, and it also made me sad that there was not like a better movie about women being friends and like ha- growing up with these insane expectations, and then realizing like, oh my god this has put me in an impossible position and now I'm just sad and anxious all the time. You kind of wish that neither of them had gotten married in the end. Right. Or like that they had both been like, let's just marry each other. <laughs> right. Well, that was my thing is I was like, the only version of this film I will accept is a version where at the end they both realize they're gay and they right. get married and to each other. And they get married other. to each other and they're like, oh, fuck weddings. I would have loved that. Um, but that's not the movie that this was. And, no. and in the end, they like they meet up with each other a year later after Kate Hudson's wedding. And, and Hathaway is already married to and back from her honeymoon from getting married to Kate Hudson's brother. And they're both pregnant. So fast. So fast. So fast. First of all, they're trying they're both trying to plan a wedding in three months. Right, which, which seems is absurd. Crazy. There's no way they'd be able to do that. Especially a wedding as lavish as the ones that they're trying to plan. Exactly. I mean, they, they maybe could, but it would cost way more than I am sure Anne Hathaway's character had saved. Right. Um, and they make a big deal out of that, how much it costs, because she can't afford things. Right. Well, and then also at the end of the movie, because she decides not to marry Chris Pratt, she's just thrown away her life savings she's on a wedding to a, that she savings. didn't even do. And in the end, I guess that she just has all of those guests go home and they go to Kate Hudson's wedding instead. And they yeah. have a nice time. And that's it. She wears her wedding dress to Kate Hudson's wedding. It's not a good movie. It's obviously, I don't know. Yeah. I think if you want to get a really good picture of sort of all of the things that we are trying to to talk, discuss on the talk podcast. you down from about weddings, mm-hmm. go see Bride Wars. Yeah, go watch Bride Wars because that's like it, it. It presents as a given that you must do these things in order to be a proper bride with a good wedding. Right. Which, if you fail at those things, then you have failed as a woman and you have failed as a human being. And, and you should. You do not deserve a partner. And you you do should not be thrown a into wedding. a ditch. Yes. And then mourned by no one. <laughs> yeah. It's. It, it was a it lot. Does, it's. I sometimes feel like when we're doing this podcast, I was like, surely no one thinks you actually should do these things. And then you wind up with movies and TV shows like this where like people are like, well, she only spent this amount of money on a thing or like, this is the most important day of your life. And like, I guess it is, it is like given to us day to day to day that like you should be hoping to, with your whole heart to get married and have a beautiful wedding. And then after that, who cares? Your life is over. You've already done the thing you're supposed You've to peaked. do. You've peaked. And I yeah. just, ugh. What? And we will, I think later at some point, we're going to have a, an episode that talks about kind of the ways in which wedding culture 
starts so young yeah. for girls and how those kinds of things are really prevalent in in sort of media and and in toys and in images that are presented to really really young girls and yeah. so that's part of why we grow up with these weird warped expectations is because they've been hammered into our brains for so long that like, this is what you're supposed to be. Like you are supposed to be a bride someday. And right, that, that is that's like the only way you could be a princess. That's the greatest thing that you can do. Yeah. It's, it is, it's like, it's very much tied into princess culture because it's like, if you are not actually ever going to be a princess, which probably you're not statistically speaking, you're probably not unless like something very horrible happens and <laughs> you're somehow related to the, like the British royalty line. Right. Or, you're Meghan Markle. Or you're Meghan Markle. You, but and you luck into it. Right. Probably I guess you're not Meghan Markle. I don't know that they lucked into it so much as had a nice relationship. Right. Good they seem them. very happy. Yeah. But so unless you're Meghan Markle, like that's the only time that you are going to get to be what is considered to be a princess. And so it's very much that idea of like you deserve to be doted upon and you deserve to be the most beautiful girl in the world and all of this bullshit and you deserve to be covered in jewels. And frankly, it seems like it comes with a lot of strings. Oh, totally. Like as Meghan Markle, but also like in general, if you are a bride and you want to go like bridely, bridely, it comes with a lot of strings. Absolutely. There's a whole lot. And the expectations are absolutely crushing. And that is a thing that we, I think have learned from both of these movies, uh -huh. which is that the expectations are crushing and you should just throw them out if they don't work for you. Right into the sea. Um, it also just, it just reinforces with leap year, especially that there are like expectations on how a woman needs to interact with the world. And that if she pushes too far, uh, she is free to be made fun of, or it will never fit in. Or, oh, absolutely. Like if you are too quote unquote uptight, like you, you will be taken down a peg and like. Right. You can't be too uptight. You can't be too sloppy. No. Nope. You have to find the perfect medium place in between. You must be beautiful. You must be put together. You must be kind. You must be forgiving. You must, you be must overall be like above all other things, be easygoing. Yes. You have to be willing to do whatever. Willing to do whatever. You have to be able to hang with the boys, but also be very ladylike. I think this is just patriarchy the podcast. Yeah, for real. Really. Like, the, I mean, that's <laughs> ultimately that's what the wedding industrial complex is. Yeah. Is like patriarchy the podcast people telling you how you need to be a person in the world yeah especially and, if you are a woman yeah especially if you're a woman and in ways that for the most part are not useful or productive or healthy for you no and take what you want and do what you want and throw the rest into the sea yeah that you know there is no there is no all-seeing wedding god who is going to come down and smite you <laughs> If you do it wrong. I am matrimonious, king of weddings. <laughs> and I declare this marriage null and void. <laughs> Cast that woman into the sea so that she be me rented apart by geriatric sharks. <laughs> and bring this man to me so that he may party with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he zooms back off into space on his skateboard. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds about right. Uh, so that fucking guy is not real. Guy. That fucking no. guy is just a thing that Liz just did. Unless you believe in him. And then in which case you can send me money at mwicpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Just go ahead. It's fine. I'll take your money and I'll just give it pay, right to matrimonious. PayPal us. PayPal us your devotionals. <laughs> please, please send us your devotionals. I think we're a church now. Yeah. Are we a church? Okay. We did that. Church. Great. Cool. We did a lot in this, in this podcast. So it's been a, it's been a, we've accomplished a, a great deal. Um, man, I, I want there to be more movies. See, I feel like even Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids is about the ridiculousness of weddings 
in a good way, but then it doesn't really fix. It's not really about weddings in the end. It's about friendships. Right. It's about things that are, that happen to be centered around a wedding. Yeah. Which is good, but it, I really would like a movie about weddings that just takes weddings down a peg. Like, yeah. So if you, if you know of any, yeah, give me a good suggestion. Like I love thing. my big fat Greek wedding, but that one's more about like dealing with family and right. a new partner, which is great. And a, a good thing to see. Uh, bridesmaids is great, but it's not really about weddings. It's about friendships. Right. I think maybe that's the whole thing of it is that there will never be a movie that is good. That is just about dealing with weddings. Cause weddings are really always about something else. Yeah. Oh man. That's I, deep. I felt deep. But if you if you can think of one, if you have one, yeah. email us at mwicpodcast at gmail.com. Or just like send us your recommendations for shitty wedding movies that you would like us to watch and yell about. Oh, yeah. I'm happy I to do that. that. I'm sure there are a ton. I think we'll probably, um, if this podcast takes off at all, if we will eventually do some sort of subscriber-based thing yeah. where if you throw us a couple of dollars, you can listen to us watch horrible wedding-based movies or TV shows and tell there you are all a about lot. them. There's a ton. We will never run out, and you can get them for very small amounts of money if you throw them our way so that we can keep podcasting on the internet. Yeah, and you can request them specifically, and we'll do the ones that you ask us for Yeah, um, if you're very nice to us. We'll get that all set up at some point. So you can do that, um, and in the meantime, just just – Take a break. Take a break. Do what you want. You're working very hard. If you want to propose to your boyfriend, do it. Do it. I mean, assuming that you both have talked about it, we've talked about this Right, before. we've talked about this, and I will don't, talk about it again. Don't ever just literally surprise a person out of nowhere with a proposal. Don't ever do it. It's the worst thing you can do. Don't do it. Some of you, you should have at least, like, hinted at it before. Right. Like, talk about it a little talk, bit. Talk, talk about, about it. Talk about it. Uh, Go ahead, propose to your boyfriend. Propose to your boyfriend. Or if you're not a heteronormative couple, propose however you want. Right. In general, propose however you want. Yeah. No, no rules, guys. There aren't any rules. That's the big thing. Definitely not a leap year rule. You have to wait every four fucking years to That's propose so to someone. Stupid. It's dumb. No rules about proposing. Uh, no rules about weddings, except that if you send someone to save the date, you are sending them an invitation. Yeah. Uh and no rules about what your wedding has to look like. No wedding. No rules about who has to be your partner or who needs to be there. Except you know, pick someone who treats you nice. Yeah, because you deserve it, baby. You deserve it. You're great. Take care of yourself. Find someone who's nice to you. Go like do something nice to treat yourself. This has been time. We watched a movie and I feel sour about it. <laughs> <laughs> so go do something nice just for you. Just treat yourself. Paint a painting or something. Yeah, you have value. You're great. Beyond what you look like in a Beyonce. white dress. Beyond Beyonce. say. <laughs> uh, weddings are just one day. Enjoy it, but it's just one day. It's just one day. That's all I got. You're going to do great. You're going to do wonderful. Let's watch more movies about weddings. Okay, great. Okay. See you next time, guys. I believe in you. Blessings. Thanks for listening to My Wedding Industrial Complex. If you have any thoughts or comments you would like to send to us, you can contact us at mwicpodcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on our website, which is myweddingindustrialcomplex.wordpress.com. Thanks to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for a theme song. And as always, do what you can afford.